trusting, serving every day. Just one glimpse of Him in glory will the toils of life repay. When we all get to heaven, what a day of dancing that will be, that will be when we all see Jesus. We'll sing and shout the victory, shout the victory. Onward to the prize before us, soon His beauty will behold. Soon the pearly gates will open, we shall tread the streets of gold. When we, when all, we all get to heaven, what a day of rejoicing, of rejoicing there will be.
Thank the Lord for the song service, the youth group as they sang, and for the men that just sang. Man, what a blessing that was. Pray God will just continue to bless. Uh, throughout the remainder of this service, we have folks that are still coming in, so again, be much in prayer. Lord will bless His Word today. I did again want to say how thankful I am for all those that come out last night. We had a great time in our, in our service with our young people during our Christmas shoebox meeting. Had some great work from the young people in assembling our shoeboxes um, with love and I know with a lot of affection because I was sitting there listening. I had As I was filling up one of the boxes, I had one of the young men uh, right in front of me said, Oh, I know that they would like it. That's something I would like. You know what? I mean, that just tells you. You know what? They wanted the best for them as well. They wanted them to feel just the same way they felt. As they opened up those boxes, you know, uh, I tell you what a blessing it is. We thank God for our young people and for all that went uh, forward last night with all the, the adults. Had a great night, had a great evening, had some good speaking. We thank the Lord for that. Had uh, Brother Jeremy gave a devotion here last night. And uh, listen, I'll tell you, uh, we just had a great time as we always do. We thank the Lord for, for all those things that go on. Again, remember that right after our service this morning, we're going to go up and sing happy birthday to Sister Mildred right up the road right here, up here on Duncan, and we're going to sing a happy birthday to her and sing a few hymns. I know it will be a blessing to her, and I would like to invite everybody that can to just to come up for just a few moments out of your, out of your Sunday and just to be a blessing to someone who's not able to be with us any longer. As far as uh, our, her personal appearance in the house of God, I tell you what, we miss her. And uh, it seems like it's been forever, but uh, you know, when you go up and you visit with her, you're, you're reminded uh, very, very much again how much she loves the Lord and how much she has to tell you. I mean, if you just stop and listen, Brother Jim spoke this morning on, on the good counsel that we, uh, that we need to pay attention to. You know what, our older, our older saints have a lot of good counsel in them. They have been there. They have done that. They have heard the Word of God they, all their lives. And here she is, 97 years old, with a lot to give and a lot to offer. I would ask that you would, if you could, to come up and sing to her and be a blessing to her. Because I tell you what, she surely has been a blessing uh, to us and I know to you as as many of you, I, I, I call her grandma or, or whatever, but uh, we do thank the Lord for her. Now, if you would, I'd like to have you to turn your Bibles to Matthew chapter 25. Matthew and chapter 25. And while you're turning there, we'd like to welcome our radio audience. This is Brother John Lybrook, pastor of the Emmanuel Missionary Baptist Church at Oak Town. That's just a side of Greenup County, out of Carter County. You can get to us by taking Route 1 or Route 7. We have a sign on either end of Laurel Road giving you directions to the meeting house known as Emmanuel. And we're thankful that you've taken time today also to tune in to WGOH to hear a portion of God's Word. Now, today as we open up this Word, I want you to just consider the Scriptures that are laid out here. Because within these Scriptures... You're going to find a place of grace and you're going to find a place of judgment. 
And I ask the question today in my title, where and when will you meet God? Where and when? Now just stop for just a moment and think about that. You know, I, I would really hope today that you would meet Him on this side of eternity. Amen? And I mean meet Him in a spiritual sense. Meet Him as your Savior. Because that speaks of grace. That's one of the main reasons why that I wanted to sing Amazing Grace this morning. Because it was Amazing Grace that saved my soul. If you're saved today, it was because of God's amazing grace. And the mercy that was shown unto you on this side of eternity, on this side of death. You're living today. Today's the day of grace. Today's the day of salvation. So, <clears throat> this would be the perfect time. And if you ask me, I think this would be the perfect day for you to come to know Him personally. For you to know Him as your Savior. For you to meet God in His grace and in His mercy. Because if you wait till after your death, to meet Him. You're going to meet Him. There's not a soul that's ever been born in this world that will not see God face to face. The question is, will it be in His grace or will it be in His justice and judgment? You see, because if we get exactly what we deserve, justice, His judgment would crush every last one of us. But praise be unto God because of His grace and His mercy. We can be spared the awful wrath to come. The judgment of Almighty God. The Bible states in verse 31 of Matthew 25. When the Son of Man shall come in His glory. And all the holy angels with Him. Then shall He sit upon the throne of His glory. And before Him shall be gathered all nations. And he shall separate them one from another. As a shepherd divideth his sheep from among the goats. And he shall set the sheep on his right hand. But the goats on the left. Then shall the king say unto them on his right hand. Come ye blessed of my father. Inherit the kingdom prepared for you. From the foundation of the world. For I was in hunger and you gave me meat. I was thirsty and you gave me drink. I was a stranger and you took me in. Naked and you clothed me. I was sick and you visited me. I was in prison and you came unto me. Then shall the righteous answer him saying, Lord, when saw we thee a hungered and fed thee? Or thirsty and gave thee drink? When saw we thee a stranger and took thee in? Or naked and clothed thee? Or when saw we thee sick or in prison and came unto thee? The king shall answer and say unto them, Verily I say unto you, Inasmuch as ye have done it unto one of the least of my brethren, you have done it unto me. Then shall he also then shall he say also to them on his left hand, Depart. <clears throat> Depart. 
This is a portion of Scripture that ought to really grab a hold of your heart. If you're saved by God's amazing grace today, you ought to have a, a soul thirst for the lost around you. Because there's coming a day when those that are on the left hand are going to be told, Depart from me, ye accursed, into everlasting fire, prepared for the devil and his angels. You know, every person that goes to hell, he's going to hell in a, in, in a place that was prepared especially for the devil and the fallen angels. Can you just imagine there, in that place, no, you're not alone, but you're going to feel all alone. You're going to be in the presence of the devil himself one day and in the presence of all the fallen angels and every demon that the devil has erected for all eternity. You see, this is part of the judgment of God. But I declare unto you one of the greatest judgments that God will have against fallen sinners is the annihilation of His presence. You see, now you're blessed even today by grace because you're in this place of worship. You're in a place that's been set aside for the worship of Almighty God. And the Bible here states that you're blessed because you're here in the way of hope. The salvation plan, the gospel message. How that Jesus Christ came and died on the cross. How he was, how he was buried and rose again the third day that you and I might have life. And John 10.10 10 says that you might have it more abundantly. So as we look at these scriptures today, and we think about the everlasting fire to come and the judgment of Almighty God, would it not be better for you today to understand that grace, grace far outweighs the, the, the torments of hell? And so verse 46 says, And these shall go away into everlasting punishment, but the righteous to life eternal. Again, I want to bring a message today. Where and when will you meet God? Our most gracious and divine Heavenly Father, Lord, as we come before your throne, we do so with thankful heart. We thank you, dear God, that you have saved us by your amazing grace. The reason why today that we sing the song Amazing Grace is because we can. We've been saved in thy mercy and in thy grace. And Father, today I pray for every lost soul in this house. Whether they're out in radio land or somewhere out in sermon audio land, Lord, or around this world. I pray for the salvation of the lost. Lord, that you might save their souls this very hour. I pray for every lost soul in this house that this may be the day that they come to know thee personally. Lord, I pray that you'll bless our, our evening, our time together here. May it be sweet. Lord, may it be filled with the grace of Almighty God. And Father, may you just reach down and touch every person in this house. Lord, that we might feel the blessings. Those that are saved by your amazing grace might know that you're in this place. 
That you're here today to anoint their mind and their hearts with joy. Father, I pray for the lost that you might also touch them today. Bring them to life, Lord. Help them to see that they have a desperate need. The need of salvation. Lord, I pray, save in our midst. Forgive us our sin in Jesus Christ's name, his sake that I pray. And amen. Emmanuel, to our visiting friends and our radio audience, this sermon today carries with it a stark reality of coming judgment. Some will have come through and by the way of the mercy seat. Some will find themselves at the great white throne judgment seat of God. The mercy seat issues out from it a gift of mercy and grace. While the great white throne of God will issue from its deep well a sure and certain judgment and wrath to come. And when of, and the win of these two meeting places is very important to understand for you today. Grace's meeting comes before our death and brings forth forgiveness. While the great white throne of God delivers justice and judgment after death, when no amount of sorrow will matter anymore. The question is, where and when will you meet this God that I speak of? So first of all today, I want to give you hope. You that are here, maybe you're lost, and you that are saved, I want you to reflect upon what, what happened to you. These are things that overwhelm our hearts. If you're already saved by God's amazing grace, you know exactly what I'm talking about. You know the feeling that comes over you when, when, when you're reminded of, of the mercy and the grace that was, that was bestowed upon you by the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. So as we look at this mercy seat, we go back to Exodus chapter 25 for just a moment. I want you to look at some of these things. We'll deal with a lot of the Old Testament scriptures today as well as New Testament, but I want you to just to get a, a, a sort of a sense and a feeling of, of what we're talking about here. Exodus chapter 25. I want to begin reading at verse 10. We'll read down through maybe about verse 22. Exodus 25 and 10, we're speaking about the Ark of the Covenant here. We're talking about something special. And they shall make an ark of shittim wood. Two cubics and a half shall be the length thereof, a cubic and a half the breadth thereof, and a cubic and a half the height thereof. Thou shalt overlay it with pure gold. Within and without shalt thou overlay it, and shalt make upon it a crown of gold round about. And thou shalt cast four rings of gold for it, and put them in the four corners thereof. And two rings shall be for one side of it, and two rings for the other side of it. And thou shalt make staves of shittim wood, and overlay them with gold. And thou shalt put the staves in the rings by the sides of the ark, that, uh, that the ark may be born with them. The staves shall be in the rings of the ark, and they shall not be taken from it. And thou shalt put into the ark the testimony which I shall give thee. And thou shalt make a mercy seat of pure gold. Two cubics and a half shall be the length thereof, and a cubic and a half the breadth thereof. And thou shalt make two cherubims of gold of beaten work shalt thou make them in the two ends of the mercy seat. 
And make one cherub of the one, one end and the other cherub on the other end. Even on the mercy seat shall you make the cherubims on the two sides thereof. And the cherubim shall stretch forth their wings on high, covering the mercy seat with their wings. And their faces shall look one to another. Toward the mercy seat shall the faces of the cherubim be. And thou shalt put the mercy seat above the ark. And in the ark thou shalt put the testimony that I shall give thee. And there I will meet with thee. And will commune with thee. From above the mercy seat, from between the two cherubims which are upon the ark of the testimony, and of all things which I will give thee in a commandment into the children of Israel. Now here at the mercy seat is where we're going to find grace. The mercy seat is for the blood sacrifice of one for another. Here at the mercy seat is where one atones for another. Where grace, the unmerited favor, pours out in all its abundance those that it covers. In Romans in chapter 3, the Bible tells us here something else that I want you to listen to. Romans 3 and verse 21 to begin with. Now get a hold of this because this is very important. We'll read down through verse 26. But now the righteousness of God without the law is manifested, being witnessed by the law and the prophets. Even the righteousness of God, which is by faith of Jesus Christ, unto all and upon all them that believe, for there is no difference. I want to stop right there for just a moment and give you the, this, this understanding. That this grace is unto all people. This is what it's saying here when it talks about that this is something that was upon them and to all people. This is the grace of God that's offered even today in this house of worship. It's God's amazing grace that can change your life. It's God's amazing grace that can change every part of you and make you whole, can take you and make your sins white as snow as it says in Isaiah 118. Now listen, I want you to know that's special. This is a special place. The Bible says there's a reason for this, this sacrificial offering to mankind. Because man is filled with sin. When you talk about total depravity of mankind, listen, we, we haven't began to see anything yet. And the total depravity of mankind is going to increase and increase and increase until one day when God the Father and the Lord Jesus Christ put it down once and for all at the end of time. Now listen, I want you to know at the end of the millennial kingdom, when, when all righteousness is going to rule the world, listen, He's going to do away with sin once and for all, and there'll be no more sin. What a place to be. You know what it's going to take to get you to that place? Grace. It's going to take the grace of God. It's going to take mercy. Where would you be today had it not been for God's amazing grace in your life? Where would you be today had it not been for God extolling upon you the mercy that you did not deserve? Grace, the unmerited favor as it is defined. Oh, my friend, today the Bible says this in verse 24, being justified freely by His grace through the redemption that is in Christ Jesus, whom God hath set before to be a propitiation through faith in His blood. 
to declare His righteousness for the remission of sins that are passed through the forbearance of God. To declare, I say at this time, the righteousness that He might be just and the justifier of Him which believeth in Jesus. You see, there's where grace is going to come to you. When you once and for all believe that Jesus Christ came to die and pay your sin debt, that's what's going to make all the difference in the world to you. Listen, the mercy seat is where the sacrificial offering would have been made and would have been poured out upon the recipient of grace. Isaiah 53 and verse 5 and 6 in the Old Testament speaks about the death of Jesus Christ. It, it, for, uh, it forecluded here that Jesus came to die for sinners. The Bible says in Isaiah 53 and verse 5 and 6, it says this, But He was wounded for our transgressions. He was bruised for our iniquities. And the chastisement of our peace was upon Him. And with His stripes we are healed. All we like sheep have gone astray. We have all turned everyone to his own way and the Lord hath laid on him the iniquity of us all. Your sins were placed upon the sovereign Savior's back that day. When Jesus Christ looked up and he cried, Eli, Eli, lemma I That was to say, my God, my God, why hast thou forsaken me? You want to know why God, his, his, only, his father turned his back upon his only son? Because of this very verse, our iniquities was placed upon him. Our sins and trespasses had been placed upon the shoulders of the Almighty Son of God. And there he was paying that awful price. In that moment of darkness, says it come over all the earth. Listen, God had turned his back upon his only son. The Bible speaks of Jesus as being the apple of God's eye. And there he turned his back upon his son. All because our sins were placed upon him. Romans in chapter 4, verse 23. Again, we go back here. The Bible states this in verse 23. Now, it was not written for his sake alone that he was imputed to him. But for us also to whom shall it shall be imputed if we believe on Him that raised up Jesus our Lord from the dead who was delivered for our offenses and raised again for our justification. This is where and this is how and this happens when? Before the recipient of grace can come unto God. Listen, this all has to take place today. You see, you cannot wait till after death to say, I believe I will wait till then. Then I'll be able to, then I'll be able to say yes or no to Jesus. Listen, once that breath leaves this body, once this soul leaves the body, once the, once the body is laid down in death, listen, the only thing that awaits thereafter is the judgment. And I will declare this, all people will be judged in that day. The day after our death. Those that are saved are going to stand before the bema seat of Christ. You say, well what are we going to be there for? 
I thought, boy, I thought our sins were all washed away. Listen, we're going to be judged according to our works, whether we've done it for the glory of God or not as well. What comes out the other side is either going to be gold, as it had been tried by fire, or it's going to be ashes. Let me ask you something, saved individual. How are you going to be standing in that day? Will you be standing in the ashes of your burned up works, or will you be standing on piles of gold that you can lay at the Savior's feet? John chapter 3. Verse 15 and 16. Notice what it says here now. You know I love to read this. The Bible says in verse 15 that whosoever believeth in him should not perish but have eternal life. For God so loved the world that he gave. You know last night we sat here and uh, we put together all these shoe boxes for underprivileged children around the world. We put together all these shoe boxes. You know why? We're, we, we were gifting something to somebody that did, couldn't get it any other way. That's the same way with salvation. God gifted His Son to us because it was the only way it could come to us. We couldn't go and get it because then it would not be a gift, right? It was a gift given to us. For God so loved the world that He gave His only begotten Son that whosoever believeth in Him should not perish but have everlasting life. Friend, that right there is the greatest gift you'll ever receive. It's the greatest gift you'll ever hear of is the gift of Jesus to a lost and dying world. It's the only means by which you can be saved. There is no other means of salvation. There's no other name given under heaven whereby men must be saved. Acts 4.12 tells it very well. Listen. You need to understand something that there is no other way. The only way to salvation is to come through grace, amen, is to come through the merciful God who gave His Son to, to purchase our soul, and that's grace. If it was of works, it would be no more of grace, the Bible says. So what are you relying upon today for salvation? I hope it's grace of God. I hope today you want to meet the Lord in grace, amen? Because there is a place where you're going to find peace. It's in the grace of Almighty God that, that you're going to find solace for your soul. It's in the, the unmerited favor that God imparted unto you that you're going to find the, the rest for your soul. The rest that you desire. Matthew 27, we go back to the crucifixion for just a moment. Now I want you to look at this with me now, Matthew 27. Now consider this. Matthew 27. Notice what it says here now. Look at this verse here, verse 50 and 51. And Jesus said unto him, Friend, wherefore art thou come? Well, let me see, I'm in 26. I need 27. I knew that didn't sound right. Verse 50. Jesus, when he had cried again, you know that first that first cry that Jesus let out, Eli, Eli, lamaster, back in the eye. It's a cry. It was a cry to a father. 
But I believe that cry was also to you and I today that would cause us to pay attention to what He went through that you might be saved. But this last cry that Jesus Christ has cried out upon the cross, the, I want you to know what it is. It, it, the words are, Tell us die, tell us die. It is finished. It was finished on your behalf. This is what grace does. Grace finishes the work once and for all. Grace makes, a, makes it not just possible for salvation, but grace makes salvation. Grace is salvation. And when Jesus Christ cried out that last time and He said, Tell us die, tell us die, when He paid the awful price for your sins and for mine, and when He yielded up the ghost, listen, I want you to know that the Bible states that the hills and the mountains around begin to shake. The veil of the temple was rent from top to bottom, not from bottom to top. I believe that's very significant. You need to get a hold of that. When the temple veil was ripped, it was torn from the top to the bottom. You know what that signifies? God says, that's good, that's all I need. We no longer need the sacrifices to come, he said. Those are a stench in my nostrils. And listen, notice what he says here. Listen, when, when, the, when the temple veil was rent from top to bottom, it says, I'm satisfied with this sacrifice. We can stop all sacrifices from here on out because he has done it and it is well. It is good. Now, secondly, I want you to look at this. We see the great white throne, judgment seat of God. Now, this is going to be a meeting place that, that pales in comparison to anything that you even know of. I remember as a lad standing in front of the principal, maybe. Maybe I'd done something I shouldn't have. I remember one time in particular when I was in high school, I said something that I shouldn't have, and I was sent to the principal's office, and oh, I tell you what, I was, I was worried to death about it. All the way down to Mr. Banks' office, I, I was rehearsing something that, um, well, maybe I could have said, this is what I said, really. And when I got there, Mr. Banks just looked at me. And that look, that look, that look made me wilt. And another thing that really got my attention was, he says, I know your father. And I know he would not be pleased. And I, I was, I was low as dirt could be. That was before a man, a human being. And when you stand before the God of heaven, when you stand before the Almighty God, the Bible says in Revelation 20 and verse 11, and I saw a great white throne. And him that sat on it from whose face the earth and the heavens fled away. Can you imagine a place like that? Can you imagine a being that could make the heavens and the earth completely disappear and there's nowhere to run, nowhere to hide. It's you and God and His all-seeing eye and there's nothing that you can do about it. The Bible states here that the heavens and the earth flee away and there was found no place for them. What an awful place to be, the judgment of God. And there's nowhere to hide. And I've often told you, there's times where I go, 
door knocking and I and then you hear somebody say the preacher's here don't say anything well listen they can hide behind the door here but you can't hide behind any door when you're standing before the, the great white throne judgment seat of God there's no place to hide you see there's no place to run heaven and earth fled away there's just you and God and I saw the dead, small and great, stand before God, and the books were opened, and another book was opened, which is the book of life, and the dead were judged out of those things which were written in it, in the books according to their works. And the sea gave up the dead which were in it, and death and hell delivered up the dead which were in them, and they were judged every man according to his works. And death and hell were cast into the lake of fire. This is the second death. Whosoever was not found written in the book of life was cast into the lake of fire. You see, this is not a place of mercy and grace, is it? This is a place of judgment and justice. You see, the lamb, the, the sacrifice was killed and its blood shed for justice' sake. You go back to the Leviticus 16 and 17. And there you see the peace offerings and the sin offerings. And you notice real quickly there was an altar there. And that, that's going to take you to the mercy seat. And the mercy seat is where the blood was applied by the hyssop after the, after the, after the, the killing of the, of the lamb or the bullock or the goat or the turtle dove. Whatever it was that the people were offering. The blood was captured in a basin. And upon the hyssop. Now, hyssop in this term, in this sense, was was a was a bush type limb that upon it had had a faint, little little I don't know what they call them, little little grabbers. <laughs> I was down in Virginia, and down at our family cemetery, there was there in Virginia there was a, there was this uh, there was this berry plant. And it wasn't like the blackberry bushes here where they have a thorn here and there. These were just covered from the top to the bottom, completely over, overloaded with these little hairs. And I never, I, I, I can't get that out of my mind because when you go and you look into this hyssop, that was what the hyssop branch was like. It was covered with hairs all over it. And what it done, it caught the blood. And that blood was, was, that hyssop was put into the basin and it was sloshed around a little bit to get it covered good. And then they would go to the mercy seat and the horns of the altar and they would begin to, to take that blood and apply it to the horns of the altar, atoning for the sins and trespasses of the people. Can you just imagine the hands of the priest? Maybe his garments as he was splattering that, that blood upon the mercy seat. He was doing it for, for people that he maybe he didn't even see. But listen, he knew that they had to have something to cover them. And it was just like the blood that was shed in the Garden of Eden. When Adam and Eve were found to be naked and, and, and the Bible says that God had to, had to take an animal and cover them with the skins of that animal. There was the first sacrifices that were ever made. And if you ever go to the, to the creation museum, you'll see that exhibit. It'll take your mind to a place called the Garden of Eden. 
And there as, they, as, that, as those lambs laid out upon that big rock, listen, that blood had to be shed. That blood was shed. And, and listen, that was what changed everything. That's what, what, that's what enabled God to cover those bodies of Adam and Eve with the skins of those lambs. Folks, do you know what it took to cover you? Do you, under, do you understand what it took to atone for your sins? It was the blood of Jesus Christ. The blood had to be shed. The body had to be given that you could have life and have it more abundantly. The reason why today people go to hell is because they shun that very truth. They turn away from the truth of Almighty God. Listen, this is, as Brother Jim said this morning, this is good counsel. You would be wise to listen to it. When Jesus Christ, when He died upon the cross, He gave His body for you. He shed His precious blood to pay and atone for your sins. And not just to make a covering but to take them and cast them as far as the east is from the west was as if in that distance it never can be measured. East and west goes on forever and ever and ever. And that's the reason why that he, that he used that symbol. Those sins are gone. If you take them in the name of Jesus, listen, if you come to Jesus today and you trust in His finished work and what He done for you at Calvary, listen, you can be saved today and all of your sins can be atoned for. All of your sins could be made as white as snow as it says here in Isaiah 1.18, Come now, let us reason together, saith the Lord. You know what that word reason means? It means to consider. Listen, you would be wise to consider what's being said today. Do you want grace or do you want justice? Let me tell you something. You don't want justice. Because that brings it down the almighty wrath of God and His judgment upon fallen humanity. Why not today take grace? Amen? Why not take grace? Come now, let us reason together, saith the Lord. Though your sins be as scarlet, they shall be white as snow. Though they be red like crimson, they shall be as wool. Oh, what a Savior. Listen. I want you to think about this. You know what uh, the scapegoat, there in the book of Leviticus, you know what he had to do? There was two goats. One was used for the sacrifice and one was used to be led out into the wilderness to, to send it away signifying what we just talked about. That scapegoat, listen, that one that had to die, he had to, he had to meet, he had to meet the justice for the people that it was dying for. He met justice there at the end of a, of a long tip knife. He found justice and, and justice was delivered to him and judgment fell upon that, that little goat. We go to Matthew 27 and there again you see the justice of Almighty God being poured out in judgment upon the Son, the very living God, Jesus Christ. Listen, when that justice fell, judgment was consumed upon that body. You talk about wrath. Listen, the Bible is from wrath. 
You that are saved and born again, you've been saved from the wrath to come. But Jesus Christ, He took every bit of the wrath of Almighty God. And He took it on your behalf and upon my behalf. Hebrews, in chapter 10, we see this, this sacrificial high priest of ours. You know, it was the priest that would go in in the, in, the, in the book of Leviticus and other places, it was the high priest that would go in. He would, and, and listen, he didn't even go to the Holy of Holies without blood. He might have been a special man during that time, but he couldn't even go without the blood. And as a matter of fact, upon the hem of his garments, they had those little bells. If you remember our study on the priestly garments, you remember that upon the hem of the garment, he would have those little chimes, those little bells. And when he was working in there, uh, uh, in the priest uh, official capacity, when he was uh, applying the blood to the, to the mercy seat and the, and the horns of the altar, as long as those bells were chiming, the people outside knew that the work was going on, but if it stopped, something's wrong. Now I want you to stop for just a moment and think about that. The judgment and justice of God fell upon His Son, Jesus. You know what? There was a time when those bells stopped ringing. It was a time when Jesus Christ, your sacrificial lamb, died in your place. Do you understand that the only reason we can pray today is because Jesus Christ went to heaven and put His own blood upon the mercy seat in heaven? You know what that does? It gives us access just like the high priest of the Old Testament. The only way he could reach God was through the blood. That was the only way that the wrath of God would be spared on His behalf. He had to come with the blood. <clears throat> and folks... The reason why today that you can pray and God hear you is because of the blood upon the mercy seat in heaven. The Bible says it can give us boldness to come before the throne of God. Why does he use the word boldness? Because we can come freely through the blood of Jesus Christ. Oh, what a Savior. In Hebrews 10 and 28, the Bible says this. He that despised Moses' law died without mercy under two or three witnesses. In verse 31 it talks about the fact it is a fearful thing to fall into the hands of the living God. You under, do you understand that, that the Bible states here that there was a better sacrifice Verse 11 of Hebrews 9 says, But Christ being come and high priest of good things to come by a greater more perfect tabernacle not made with hands, that is to say, not this building, neither by the blood of goats or calves, but by His own blood He entered in once into the holy place, having obtained eternal redemption for us. You see, not believing that's what sends you to hell. Not trusting in what Jesus done for you at Calvary is what sends you to hell. That's where justice and judgment are going to be found in you when you meet God after you have died. So today, I come to my last point. I've only, I've only five minutes or so left. But I want you to look at this. 
How is this sacrifice initiated on your behalf? You go back to Exodus 12. You remember the Passover. That night when the Lord came through the camp. The Bible says wherever the blood was applied. Listen, they were safe. Amen. That's the way it is today. If the blood's applied, you're safe. If you're behind the blood, if you, if you have applied the, the blood to the door lintels and the doorpost of your heart, you're safe forevermore. You see, that's what happened in the days of, of the, the Egyptian bondage. But you know what happened in the, in the houses of the Egyptians? Every one of their firstborn died. Not just their firstborn sons or daughters or whatever. But all of their livestock, everything died. Why? Because it was meeting the justice of God. And God's judgment was being poured out upon them. We think about, we think about this today. As we can see from the book of Exodus, the account of the Passover, one had to be behind the blood. They had to be in the house in the way of sacrifice. What am I saying here? Listen, it's, it, it's more than just knowing about it. You've got to be behind it. Amen? That young man, maybe, maybe he was outside somewhere and he just, I ain't got time to go back. To, I ain't got time. I've got life to live. That's what I hear a lot today. You know, I hear a lot of, I hear a lot of men tell me today, listen, I don't have time for, for God. I don't have time for church. I don't have time for the Bible. They don't get behind the, the sacrifice. You see, that's what happened in the land of Egypt. Even if there was an Israelite that was, that was outside and was not behind the blood, he, his life was lost. Bible says that they had to be in the house wherein the sacrifice was applied to the doors. You've got to be saved to be saved from wrath. You've got to be saved by the grace of Almighty God today or you'll stand before the judgment of God in a day yet coming. This is the same way it is. Today, the only way of escape from the judgment of Almighty God in heaven is to be behind the blood. Believe and thou shalt be saved is what Paul and Silas told the Philippian jailer. This is how Lydia's heart was changed. She heard the word and the Lord opened her heart. You see, that's the reason why I preach the gospel because I know it's the power of God unto salvation to those that believe. I know that can bring salvation to your soul today just by preaching the gospel. You see, that's all I can do. I can't come back here and grab you and drag you up before an altar or whatever it may be. I can't make you pray through. I can't make you dance through it. The Bible says you've got to believe. That's the only means by which you are saved today. Believe on the Lord Jesus Christ. And thou shalt be saved and thy house. Lydia, she believed that too, didn't she? She was saved. This is exactly how God saves even today. Because Ephesians 2.14 says He is our peace. 
Now, let me ask you this in closing. Where and when will you meet God? Will it be in today's life? You say, well, I'm going to put it off a little while. I just, I, I'm going to live a little bit. You know what? You could die within the next second. You could meet your Maker this very day, this very hour. This week sometime. This month, this year. You could meet your Creator. You see, the only thing that's going to make a difference is if you've met His Savior this side of death. You see, so it is very important to know when you're going to meet Him. Will you meet Him today? Will you meet Him in this place of refuge today? A place of the Gospel? Will you come to know Jesus Christ today? Will you trust Him and obey? Will you believe what He says? He says, come unto me and I'll give you rest. You're struggling today, aren't you? You know what? That's what the gospel message does. It makes people struggle within their hearts. You know why? Because God's Word makes people guilty. It does not matter. You know, I've heard people say, you know, uh, he, God is unjust in sending people to hell. Listen, the Word of God makes every man guilty. There's not a soul in this world today who is not guilty before the Almighty God of heaven. Not one soul. Every one of us are standing guilty. But guilt does not necessarily save you, does it? Guilt may make you feel. Guilt may make you feel remorse. But does the right guilt make you feel a godly sorrow for your sin? You see, that's what brings about salvation. Trust Him today. Listen, I would far, I would far greater, much, much greater would have what I have you to, to believe today. Because you want to believe. You're going to believe, and guess what? You're going to name Him as God one day. You're going to know Him. Why not do it here? Listen, if you do it here, you don't, you don't have to worry about the wrath to come. But if you wait till that time, I'm just going to wait, preacher. What if that day comes and catches you unawares? What's it going to be like for you? What if today, now just stop for just a moment and I'll quit. What if you die today? Where would you spend eternity? Where would your soul and one day your body be throughout all eternity? something to consider, isn't it? May God help you. May God save. May God bless the Emmanuel Baptist Church. Let's all stand, please. Our most gracious and divine Heavenly Father, Lord, as we bow before Your throne, we do so with thankful hearts. We thank You, dear God, that we can come before Your throne knowing that Jesus has already made a way. And we know, Lord, that You hear our prayers and our pleas. And Father, all day I've been praying that You would save every lost soul in this house. And I pray that it may be so that You might save in this place today. Help those that are undone, dear God, come to know Thee in grace and mercy. 
Help them not, dear God, to wait till a day of judgment and wrath to come. For they truly all will know one day that Thou art God. And beside Thee there is none else. So Lord, I pray, may it be today that they give You praise and honor and glory in receiving You as their Savior. Lord, I pray that You will bless today in the Gospel. Make it real to the lost. And even to us that are saved, help us to rejoice because of what has already happened in our lives. Help us, dear God, to be thankful that we can come and pray before You. Oh, Lord, today I pray. Bless, save souls and save lives. And Father, forgive us our sin in Christ's name. And amen. Have our song leader and our pianist to come.